Sajaya. I'm a career coach and founder of Black Women in the Workplace. If you're watching uh, my channel for the first time, I would like just to just ask you to subscribe and hit the notification button so that you're notified when I post a video. So today's topic is also not a very easy one. Um, this was triggered by me reading the book White Fragility. Uh, just to try to understand uh, the experiences of black women in the workplace around racism. So I read the book White Fragility by Dr. Rabun D'Angelo. So this book is actually written to white people by a white woman, Dr. Robin D'Angelo, who has worked a lot in diversity issues. And she is basically talking to white people. But as you read it, um, or as I read it, I realized so much of what we as black people go through. Some of it, and most of it, actually so covert that although we cannot verbalize it and articulate it, but we know it, we feel it in our bodies, we feel it every time we're in white spaces. I'm actually struggling with um, white spaces. So I went, I've been on Toastmasters and I've been in another organization for coaches in South Africa. And I realized how I felt around um, white people, people, spaces that were meant for white people uh, where you come in as a black person and you feel it in your body that you don't belong here, that you're not welcome here even though the policies and people are nice to you, but you can just feel it that there is something around this place that makes me an other. Um, so as recently I've been invited to another organization, a networking space, and I felt that too. Um, but this time I just said to myself, I'm not going to join that. I don't want to be in spaces anymore that invalidates who I am. Um, so, yes, so I just want to talk about this topic. I want to talk about this topic so that as black women, we understand what we are faced with and we understand that most of the things that we go through um, are not things that um, we are imagining. We are not being overreactive. These things are happening, especially around racism and, and racial oppression in the workplace. And I think as South Africa as well, we have come through a very dark period of racial oppression. And we, and our refusal to talk about race and race issues has, has, has resulted in this dark cloud of racism that is hanging above everybody's head in this elephant in the room that no one is willing to discuss uh, because, yes, um, white fragility, how could you accuse me of being racist? Um, I'm nice to you, I'm here with you, I've appointed you, you're a black woman. We are here in the same committee together. I, I don't see color, so how do you say, how do you accuse me of, of racism? Or just the, um, the unwelcome nature of a discussion around black people and white people and living in the same space considering our history. So I'm just going to talk about how, how um, Dr. 
robbing the angel of frames it and actually how we also experience it. So she starts about uh, talking about the fact that white people are ignorant of racism and that hurts. And that is true. So you say she says that white people are ignorant of racism and how race plays out because they don't first of all don't experience racism because racism is really a political legal you know is is basically a an oppression of another uh raised based on power really based on taking away resources you know what happened in south africa with racism and what happened in america and, and other African countries around um colonization etc so because white people are privileged in that the establishment would be on their side racism doesn't impact them therefore they um it's it's the onus is not on them so much to learn and understand race because it doesn't impact them it's it's not so much on them like it is on black people because when you wake up as a black person even if you are in a place where you don't interact with white people you are very aware of the fact that you are black you are very aware of what it means in terms of or who you are and who you're not, who you're capable of and who you're not, based on um, the adults in your family. But with white people, white people can go on without seeing black people for a long time. They could be go going to white spaces. They could um, they could go on for a long time in their lives without acknowledging or even realizing that race racism is is rife that racism is happening so the first person they're probably going to meet is their gardener and their cleaner and their nanny who is a black person so um who is treated in a in a certain way but it doesn't really impact them they go to school um probably most of the white people in power right now went to school just with themselves probably with no black pe persons uh, people around no black people in power and it's only now, years later, when they're older, where they have to now interact with black people from a, an equal standpoint. And so for all this time, they, they didn't have to think about black people. And it's only now that they have to think about black people as a race and who they are and as a people, as equals. So they are not taught in their schools about racism they're not taught about black people and what black people have gone through so they are very ignorant about racism so that's why it cannot be true for a white person to say i'm not racist because they don't know whether they're racist or not and it's impossible to be to be born and raised and grow up in a country that is so racist and not have racial prejudice but you might not understand it. Uh, and the other thing that he talks about, she talks about, which will explain this point, is that the belief that racists are people who are bad, so you have to be evil to be racist, or that racism is the violence, um, the killing of black people, the tear gases, the, the 1976 killing, the law. So racism is evil you have to be evil you have to call other people kafirs or whatever derogatory names niggers 
whatever derogatory names or be violent towards them for you to be racist. So if you're a nice person, if you have nice, if you have black friends, if you don't, if you think you don't see black people as, as inferior, then you're not racist. So it's that understanding, that lack of understanding of how racism plays out on and of how racial oppression plays out. You have to be bad to be racist. So if I'm not bad, then I can't be racist. Or you have to uh, have the intention to be racist. So if I don't have the intention to be racist, if I think I see you as an equal, then I can't be racist. And the, um, the whole thing around, um, I don't see color. Oh, sorry. Before I even, yeah, the whole thing around, if I don't see color, if I see, if I believe that I see black people in a certain way, then I'm not racist. But actually, I was reading um, the book Blink, which I'm going to get into, where he talks about priming and he talks about bias. And he shows that actually, um, he, he talks about an experience that has been done. You must, uh, you must just read the book. It talks about a certain test that you do to show how biased you are. And it shows even, he says, even him as a, as a white person, as a, as a half-black person struggles with that test, which shows that because we've been conditioned so much to see black people as inferior, we were, our unconscious bias is around black, black people being inferior. So for a white person to say, I don't see color, I see people as equals, I don't see you as um, as lazy, as incapable, it is not true because the conditioning is so prevalent um, that even black people see themselves, have that unconscious bias of seeing themselves as inferior. And then there's also the guilt. So if I have to acknowledge that I am racist, if I have to acknowledge that the system is against you as a black person, then I have to feel guilty. Then I have to acknowledge that I've done something wrong. If I have to acknowledge that I am treating you in a way that is racially oppressive, then I have to acknowledge that I'm because a racist person is bad, then I have to acknowledge that I'm bad and therefore I have to feel guilty. So to, um, to, to protect myself from the guilt, I have to deny that I have done something wrong or I see you differently. And also she also speaks about the fact that if someone says, I don't see color and, and how invalidating that is. And I've seen that happening with white people where when we talk about what black people went through and then someone says I grew up poor or I yeah I grew up poor so so I grew up poor so there's nothing different between me and you or I am a woman and I suffer oppression from other from white men therefore there is nothing different between me and you that is invalidating the black person's experience because I can't hide my color and I go through the intersection between being black and being a woman. I can't hide my color. When I step into a room with this color, already there are connotation of laziness, incapability, you know, inferiority already. 
So when you say, I have been poor like you, and therefore um, I have the same experiences like uh, you are saying, you are not special, and therefore it invalidates my experience. It's saying, I am a crybaby because everybody's went through that. And I've heard it with people who are saying, with white people who are saying, I worked all my life, I had to work as a child, uh, I came from a poor family, I had to work hard, I didn't have uh, help, but that also is very invalidating to black people because you're saying your experience is not valid because I also went through it. So how it works out, it, it works out, so how does this fragility works out? So the fragility to if I acknowledge that you have been wrong, then I'm guilty, then I am a bad person and I can't do that. I can't acknowledge that. I am very fragile around that subject. So I don't enter into the subject and I want you to protect me from that subject. So I refuse to acknowledge racism or refuse to talk about black and white. In a country that has such a very heavy uh, history of racism and we refuse to talk about it, we refuse to be vulnerable and talk about this elephant in the room and therefore it, it, it's this insidious thing that is proud, that is standing, that it, there is this big elephant in the room that everybody's just walking around, but it's not, um, it has an impact on black people in that they go through experiences that they can't not acknowledge, they go through experiences that they feel they can't speak out of because, oh my word, now you're rocking the boat, oh my word, you have, do you have to be like this? It, it, it plays out in the denial of white people's privilege, which I've already spoken about. I also worked hard. I also come from a, a history of struggle. The Afrikaans people also started like this. Um, so I come from that. So um, it, it's, it's a denial of the white people's privilege. But it's not just a denial of the white people's privilege. Then it's a denial of the black people's experience and oppression and the struggles that they have to face every day. It, deny, it denies acts of racism. So if I say, when you did this, that was racist, then you can say, but I don't see black. I don't have an intention to be racist. I don't see you as inferior because you're a black person. And that ends the discussion. So we can't talk about it. It didn't happen because I did not have the intention and I'm not a bad person and I'm very supportive to you. So I'm not a bad person. So I stopped the conversation from then on. It didn't happen because I didn't intend it and I'm not like that. And that's over. You're being dramatic. Yeah, it just reduces. It's a very reduction view of racism. If I'm not being violent to you, if I don't call you a gaffer, if I don't call you a nigger, if I don't treat you in a certain way, then it's not racism. So anything else that you say is racist. Any microaggression that I experience from you cannot be racist because that's not racist in my eyes. And also, it, um, it gives the power to determine what is racist at in white people's hands and never in black people's hands so if you say you didn't mean it that way and i overread it and i read the situation wrong because i'm hypersensitive then um if you
you have defined it as not racist, then it's not racist, then it ends there. But what happens to what has happened to me? And yeah, so it's white girls playing out. So you find that some, uh, some, so because white people are so guilty, feel guilty, those who acknowledge it feel guilty around racism. We sidestep certain issues. People are not treated equally. Uh, people uh, and I've seen that sometimes in education where um, black kids are either oh yeah where uh, we are assessing a, 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 so where it, it, I see it where a black person would do something that is unacceptable and nothing's been said about it because um, they're a black person you know or it said or it's even the feedback is given in very nice ways because wow um they are black you know and and uh, the connotations of that is that you are inferior i can't say uh, i can't assess you in the same standard and, and that's uh, and that's another way of of racism and yeah so it's how they see uh, it plays out in how they see black people so that that priming that even though you acknowledge that um even though consciously you think you see me as an equal but unconsciously when you see a black face because of your conditioning because of everybody's conditioning movies everything you still see me as inferior you still see me as an equal and when you when your guide is off it shows in how you treat me and it shows in how decisions are being made so how it impacts on black people, I think the biggest impact is the internalization of the inferiority. Because you come from a big history of, of, of um, I mean, think about it. When you think black, unconsciously, you think crime. When you hear of a crime, you already think it's a black person, you know? You've been primed to, be, primed to believe that we are lazy. But when you think of, of racial oppression, when you think of slavery, who worked the hardest, who worked day and night. This was black people. But we also internalize that whole identification of ourselves as, as lazy. So it's the internalization of inferiority. And um, when you even think about religion, God is white. You know, it might not be said, but God is white. The picture of Jesus is white. And how we use images in our mind. So if God is white, then white is superior, then I'm inferior as a black person. Even the stories that we use around the Bible, around black people and how cursed they are because of whoever did whatever. How we see ourselves when we internalize their uh, inferiority. So when a positions come into place or when we have to make decisions or when we have to stand out for ourselves, we cower in fear because it is internalized that we are not good enough. Priming, yes, so, so priming. So in Blink, um, Malcolm Gladwell speaks about how if an experience that was done before an exam, before an assessment, where black people were reminded, someone talked about them, oh yes, in a form where you have to take um, race. So if you say black, that is just that reminder impacts on the test scores so if you're reminded as a black person that you are black and all that um, unconscious bias that comes unconscious labels that come with being black it impacts on how you perform 
And so think about it, white spaces are a reminder to black people that they are black, that they don't belong there. They, they, it's a reminder of their, of their black, uh, uh, black skins. I remember when I, when I'm in high school, I was, I was in a black school and I was doing very well. And I remember when I started struggling in varsity and it was the first time I was in a room with white people. I was in a class with white people who came from amazing background, who looked like they, 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 you know, they, they, they lack nothing. That's the first time I felt other, like as an other, and that was the first time I felt inferior, and that's the first time I struggled. I struggled with my studies in university, and 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 and, and the root of that, or the 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 biggest part of that was that I, for the first time, I saw myself as inferior. I saw myself as an other. I didn't feel like I belong. I, feel, I didn't feel like I owned the space that I was in. Um, so we find that we can't point to that, but we can feel it. You know, the body never lies. It's something I've just learned around um, the body and how the body speaks to you and how the body tells you what is happening. You feel it as a black person, um, that you're not at home here, you're not welcome here, you're either here, you are inferior here, you um, have to do more here to belong. So we feel it in our spaces. And I really do believe that when you think about it, and there was actually a TED talk around black women. When you think about it, most black women are struggling with weight. Most black women are struggling with diabetes and hypertension. And it's this internalization of this oppression in our body. It's this, and because we internalize it, we push it down, it just comes out as diseases. It just comes out as hypertension. It just comes out as, 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 eating, um, as eating disorders to just deal with the pain or distract ourselves from the pain of being uh, black and female. And also the invalidation of what is happening. If you say to me, I don't see black, it was not my intention, it's not true, I didn't do that, I didn't do that because you are black, you are saying it's your problem, it's how you see it. Then I have to internalize it, it invalidates what I'm thinking, it invalidates what I'm feeling, then I have to question myself, did I imagine it, is it happening, did I imagine it, is it happening, then... I am invalidated. I can't speak because I'm betraying someone. I'm raising the fragility of someone. And someone starts crying. You know, she talks about white women's tears. When white women start crying and then we all have to protect them. Then we don't talk about what came out, what happened first. So if I say to you, how you are acting as a white woman, how you are acting is very racial oppressive. And then you cry. And say, how can you say that about me? I'm not like that. I don't have, I don't see color. How could you be there? How could you say that? When you cry, then everybody must take care of you. But I'm not being taken. I'm being invalidated. What I'm saying is invalidated. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? So then it becomes internalized. I have to distract myself or I have to continue working in environments where I'm totally invalidated. So, and then they, yeah, there's that indignal, in denial. How could you accuse me of that? How could you accuse me of that? How could you come into my space and make me feel guilty about who I am 
or you are using the race and gender card, you know, or you are the angry black woman, or you are the revolutionary woman who's coming here and becoming all struggle, revolutionary, comrades, you know. You just, you confirm the, um, the what's the word, the stereotype of the angry black woman, of black people are always seeing race, of black women are always pulling the gender card. Um, and then also what happens is that then the white person will ask another black person, but do you think this was bad? Do you think I was being mean when I did, when I did this? And then that black person might say, no, I actually didn't think that was bad. Then that invalidation then invalidates the person who complained. So in terms of how to deal with it, just on a surface level, we need to start trusting ourselves, just trusting our bodies, our bodies tell us. Um, and also to be cognizant of what it ha when it happens so that we don't internalize it. So we might not do anything about it, but just for you to be cognizant, to acknowledge that this is happening. I am being, racism is being, um, is happening to me right now. This is racial oppression. What is happening is, is wrong. It's also just powerful, just acknowledging that um, so that you don't internalize it. You don't say it's because I'm, I'm bad, it's because I'm inferior, it's because I don't work hard enough or I'm overthinking this or I'm overreacting, etc. It's when you, as a black person, first of all, trust yourself and stand in your power and not allow the priming or the, the labels tell you who you are. And also, if you're going to take it up, be deliberate about which battles do you take on and also um, be mindful of what is going to happen, that you are going to be invalidated, that people are going to say they don't see color, that people are going to say they're not, they were not intentional about it. So be ready that you are going to be invalidated. Yeah, so that's what, um, yeah, very long video. But yeah, that's what I wanted to share around the book. I'm really going through, um, really researching black trauma and how it plays out because I think we really, you know, someone wrote, um, Sikha Bolani wrote, we are the ones we need and I haven't read it, but I get the idea of what it talks about and I, should, I still want to read it. But really, we are the ones we need. And I think the power really is in us understanding our own agency and owning it. And then for black, for white, white people who believe that they want to be in solidarity, teach yourself and teach your people around racism. It shouldn't be our responsibility as the victims of racism to teach you what you do to us. It's, it shouldn't be. It's unfair to have the victim be the one who is now responsible for explaining to you why um, 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 why what you're doing is hurtful to me, why what you're doing makes me angry. It's, it's really unfair. If you live in a country where there are black people and you have to uh, work with black people, it is your responsibility to teach yourself about how racism impacts black people and how your subconscious bias around black people impact how you react and how you engage with black people. So please subscribe, 
please comment that's very important to me to to hear what you think